All right, welcome back to another episode of Joel's Mind Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership and how leadership can help you be a better version of you. So, first and foremost, I miss y'all. I hope y'all have been enjoying your time and your day, your evening, whatever it is that you are doing today and listening to Joel's Mind. So, I appreciate you. Again, if you guys like Joel's Mind, Smash that subscribe button. Leave a rate on uh, either platform that you're listening to. Tell a friend. Uh, share me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Tag me, and I will shout you out. And I'd immensely appreciate it. So with that, let's jump into leadership. Have y'all ever heard of the saying, employees don't quit their jobs, they quit their bosses? Now, why is that? It's because there's a lack of leadership Not only in people's jobs, but in today's world, people, we are failing society and leadership. Now, I just want to make it very clear, and I want to say this with utmost respect that Joel can possibly say. I genuinely do not base my judgments on people's political views. And so with that being said, whether you agree with me, disagree with me, align with my political views, which I'm going to be honest with y'all, my political views are not one you can really put in a box. But whether you agree with me, disagree with me, I am not going to crucify you. And I hope you don't crucify me either. But, you know, we live in the good old USA where you get to practice your First Amendment. So with that being said, you know, opinions are welcome. Feedback is also welcome. Um, but today we're going to be talking a little bit about politics. I try to stray away from it, to be honest, because, like I said, I generally don't, you know, live my life based on political views, uh, nor do I move in that direction or base my behavior or my decisions on political views per se. You know, we live in a world where we can do our own thorough research, uh, make our own decisions. And uh, I encourage everyone to do that. Um, I understand the, um, the political climate that we live in allows us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And I think it's very important that that's a lot. It's crock. It's, it's a load of bullshit. And I don't think anyone should align themselves with any political party just to make them feel better about themselves. So with that being said, I hope that gives you a little insight on what my views are. If you are wanting to be a part of something bigger than yourself, join a hobby, do something, but don't base your social acceptance on political views because it's just, it's constantly changing and there's no reason for, in my opinion, people to constantly look for arguments on a day-to-day basis. So with that being said, we're going to talk about leadership and why leadership it is has been, hey, where the fuck has it been? To be honest, where's our leadership been? COVID has hit recently in the news. Uh, the U.S. is pulling out of Afghanistan and we've been there for about 20 years. And just like that, in our 24 hours, um, all our works and efforts the U.S. has done, uh, the people, the troops has just it just vanished and there is no progress within 20 years so that's why we're talking about leadership um and going back to the statement originally employees don't quit their jobs they quit their bosses i think we um 
that statement, that statement couldn't be any true, more truer um, in terms of poor leadership. So the world has experienced very, very poor leadership, in my opinion. Um, again, again, that's just my opinion. You're on Joel's mind and you're going to get a piece of Joel's mind. Um, very clean cut and unraw. So unraw, raw, unfiltered, whatever. Y'all got the point. Anyways, leadership. It hasn't been around. It really hasn't been around. I'm going to start with COVID. All right. COVID, when COVID hit, you know, we really didn't know what the fuck was going on. We didn't really understand where it came from. Um, you know, we were told one thing, the media took it, you know, we took it for it was, um, apparently, you know, it came from the, these black markets, which, you know, it's very debatable. Um, things have been leaked saying that actually came from a lab, uh, which I, you know, honestly, it makes sense. Um, if for it to come from a lab, in my opinion, um, you know, but whether what's true or what's not true, the fact of the matter is people COVID is upon us. Now, the origin, you know, we're going to find we're going to figure out the origin um, probably for sure within the next you know 10 years. Um, but the matter, the fact of the matter is people are dying. People are getting sick. This is a pandemic and lives are at stake. Jobs are at stake. People's livelihoods are at stake. Mental health is at stake. There's a lot going on with COVID. And our leadership, where it needed to step up, is is nowhere to be found. Um, just based on what has happened, you know, a lot of informa- misinformation was um, brought out uh, from COVID is, you know, at first it was very contagious, could be spread, um, you know, from surfaces, from touching um, the droplets, which seems to be the most, uh, you know, for sure thing that we know for sure is how it spread along with, you know, mucus and you know what I mean? Passing each other's germs and pitting it in places where it can enter our system. It definitely, that sounds like the way we can get COVID much kind of like, you know, other sicknesses, you know, not to minimize it or anything like that, but you know, you stick your finger on somewhere that's dirty and you put that in your mouth. You're probably not going to feel good for the next maybe day or two or it's probably going to taste nasty. Anyways, what I'm trying to get at people is, fear had struck the world and we were given information. We were limited on information. And as the information kept compiling and coming out, a lot of just miscommunication, misinformation was spread. Um, From now where COVID is not easily transmitted on surfaces. Um, not sure if y'all aware of that, but I mean, when I was, you know, when this all hit, we really didn't know in my personal experience, um, you know, I'd take my shoes off through the door, which, Hey, best practices, but to find out, you know, it's not as easily spreadable. Um, it's not, it's not something we, you know, necessarily need to do. Of course. I mean, unless you're, you're working around it, you're, you're, you're a healthcare provider, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Take all the precautions you need to take because you're on the front lines. Makes sense. Uh, but someone like myself where I was going to the store, you know, I was you know working in the office before being sent home. You know what I mean? Like, thankfully, I was privileged to be able to work in a uh, job that allowed me to do that. So what I'm trying to say, people, is there's just a the way it started to where it's at now, there's just a shit. It's a shit show. Um, the CDC doesn't really know exactly what is going on in terms of, 
you know, how this new variant appeared, what's really going on with it. Um, these vaccines, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to judge anyone. Like I said, I generally, I just, honestly, I generally don't care your political views. Like I'm not going to judge you based on that. If you're going to treat me with respect, you're going to talk to me, we're going to be able to have a dialogue. We're going to have a conversation about something. Then we're going to be able to walk away with some additional knowledge and a good conversation. But I generally don't care about political views in the terms of like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to go against someone that's like, Hey, I, you know, I decided to get vaxxed or someone that I decided not to get vaxxed. You, that's, that's, that's your choice. We live in a country that allows us to do that. And, and quite honestly, we were privileged to be in a country that allows, that has the vaccine. You know, we're, we're able to take the vaccine, but again, we also have the right to make that choice, whether we want to take it or not. And uh, quite honestly, I mean, me personally, I'm just the whole vaccine thing. It's, it's there. It's up to you whether you want to take it or not. I'm not going to shove anything down your throat. Uh, but based what I've learned and based what I've, you know, I've heard from personal stories and what I'm seeing on the news and just based on my education and research and stuff like that, I'm not convinced that, you know, this is something I want to take right now as of today. Um, but, you know, here shortly upon more research as it unfolds, I would like to reassess my decision there. Um, but in terms of what was told about the vaccine to what it is now, um, being protected and now that, you know, COVID's not really being protected, it's the spread of COVID is still happening among people that are vaccinated. Um, I mean, of course, if the vaccine's not a cure, it will, you know, essentially supposed to protect you and prevent you from dying. Uh, as far as I understand, that's, you know, that's, that's the, the whole plus of the vaccine is just the chances of you dying is most likely, you know, zero if you're vaccinated. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just not convinced that we are, we took in the right direction, to be honest, people. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I don't, I don't think we did the, enough research. I don't think it's been out long enough for us to truly understand the consequences. And there's people that are taking these vaccines and having some weird symptoms, weird side effects. Um, where the data is not there to prove whether these are from the vaccine or not. Now, why is the data not there? Because this has not been out for this long, people. I need you to understand that. Like, this vaccine has not been long out long enough for us to truly document what are the symptoms. And that's exactly what's being told to these people that are receiving the vaccine and getting these side effects. There isn't conclusive data to prove that the vaccine is the reason why this is happening to you. Well, no shit. I could have told you that. But again, I really believe this is leadership. I think it falls on the people that are in charge and up front. The people sitting at the CDC, the, the healthcare workers that are in charge and in you know, essentially leading this, these policies and procedures and handling the vaccine 
I understand the urgency and the necessity of getting the vaccine out. Um, but at what risk, people? And right now, currently in, in the state of Washington, we're being mandated. We, as in public workers, government workers, and now as of today, uh, educators are being mandated to take the vaccine, which me personally don't necessarily agree with um, because the spread of COVID is still there. We are infringing on people's rights to choose whether they really want to the, have this vaccine or not. Now, the repercussion of people not taking this vaccine is that they lose their job. And to me, I, I, again, that's, that's, I don't think that's fair. I really don't think that's fair. I don't think that's, I don't think that's what America stands for. And for us to be mandated to get these vaccines or we lose our job, that's, that's an ultimatum. That's not a choice. And this is land of the free, home of the brave. I don't think that's very brave for our leaders to mandate this. I think that's very, um, uh, very authoritative. And quite honest, it's, you know, it hasn't been land of the free for some time now. Um, so leadership, the lack of leadership that is there, the misinformation, I, in my opinion, I believe that is due because the leadership is not there. You have people that, you know, are more interested in pockets or more interested in what they can gain out of this rather than pitting people's health their their trust and you know honestly like i am not comfortable with the vaccine if i trusted our leaders today i probably would have a different feeling about it but i don't i don't trust our leaders i think they're manipulated manipulative i do believe they are in it for themselves and at this point i don't know any politicians out there that are for the people and so with that being said, let's move on to the next example. Us being in Afghanistan for 20 years and the president, uh, President Biden, pulling the plug and, and having the troops come back. What's being said on the news is that the Afghan leaders, the presidents, they, they ditched the country. And that's why the Taliban came in, um, basically took over Afghanistan in a matter of 24 hours. We were there for 20 years, had made no progress. And by no progress, America was there initially in 2001 to fight the war on terror and um, essentially stop Osama bin Laden and prevent any more terrorist group and activities to go any further. Once we got Osama bin Laden, we were still there. We were there in charge of essentially teaching their military and, you know, equipping them with resources, knowledge, experience, trainings on how to, you know, be a military, uh, militarize and defend their people. Now, um, over the years, it, they tried and clearly has not been successful. And I'd like to share a video I seen one time on Facebook. And this was years ago. This was probably four or five years ago. It was some U.S. soldiers trying to train the police um, 
And I think they were doing something basic in like where they were getting in line. It was roll call where, you know, they're standing in line. They're checking them, their equipment of some sort. And um, the police there were just, they weren't responding. Like they just were, you could tell there was a disconnect. There was, the miscommunication was there. And in terms of like the body language, I wouldn't say, you know, maybe the words, the language as well, but like the body language is there. These guys didn't want to do what the soldiers are asking them to do. Clear as day, there was a disconnect and the soldier was heated. The soldier was pissed saying like, yo, like, you know, this is like, we are here to help you guys and train you guys and you guys are, don't want to be here. And, you know, the Afghan police that were there clearly had just didn't look like they wanted to be there. So I would agree. Now, the importance of leadership is getting things done, is producing an outcome. That is one of the sole purposes of leadership, being able to grab a team, grab a group, grab a community, bring them together. What's the word I'm looking for? Space it out. Delegating tasks. And being able to efficiently, effectively get things done. That's what leaders do. They inspire and motivate, but most importantly, they get shit done. Now, based on that video, based on what this outcome is with uh, Afghanistan and, and pulling our, our troops out. The last four years, 20 years, I mean, look at our leaders. We had Bush. Then we had um, Obama. We had Trump. And now we got Biden. Now, like I said, I generally, I'm not interested in, in any other parties, political views, but just based on their leadership, it, it was questionable, very questionable. I don't think the last four presidents, especially including this one, I, they're not our saviors, people. They haven't been our saviors. Of course, they've, they've done some good things. They've done some bad things, probably a lot more bad things than they did good things. And, but the leadership just all across the board has not been there. The communication has been there. In my opinion, in Joel's mind, our leaders are leading our country people. I just, come on, man. Like right, left, split down the middle. If you're passing the baton on at the end of the day, you should be passing the baton on with the faith of the people, knowing that they're going to go or at least be set up for success. And the baton should be being passed of the care of the people. What's, in, what's best for us? But, of course, that's not the world we live in, and that's not how it works. Um, in my opinion, I think a leader would be able to not com uh, conform to the traditional hierarchy of politics in my opinion i think we need someone that's not going to conform and actually be able to bring us together and you know I'm not, we're not seeing that so going back to the afghan i 100 percent believe the leadership the lack of leadership within you know our troops being there to try to help build the military and build the police um with the afghan um police out there it just, the leadership may not have been there. And that's not to say that it was the troops' faults or specifically the Afghan police, but 
there clearly was a disconnect and there wasn't someone there that was able to unify them. And that's what leaders do. They're able to take a bad situation, assess what's going on, determine the problem and search for a solution. So this is, this is important. Those are just a few examples of leadership. Now I kind of want to go back and jump into your job and I want you all to think about your job. Who are the leaders there? Who are the people that help make everything go smoothly? And who are the people that are supposed to help things make things go smoothly, but don't necessarily do that? It makes a difference, people. I'm pretty sure if the last four leaders were great, or at least one of them or two of them out of the four, I think things would have been different. I think the leaders that we had during this pandemic, now and before, if we had real leaders, real people that the real concerns are with the people and for the people, and most importantly, the world, things would have been different, ran differently, and we would have a different outcome. But this is where we're at. So how does leadership help you be a better version of you? There's two ways. One, being led by a great leader helps and teaches you what a great leader is and what a great leader does. Two, being a great leader helps you understand what it takes. But most importantly, it teaches you the leadership skills that are required to be a great leader. Now, how are we gonna wrap this all up, Joel? How are we gonna tie everything together? My hypothesis, my guess, my, my homework for you guys and gals and everyone in between is to take a look at your leadership. I want you to take a look at your leadership and ask yourself, can things be ran better? And if so, identify what things in your leaderships would need to be better. Give yourself awareness of how things are being ran. Because one day may come along that allows you to step up to the plate to be a leader. And if you're not already being a leader, then that will help you be a better version of yourself. If you're coasting in the backs of the classroom and you know, you're just riding the wave, it's only gonna get you so far. But if you wanna be a better version of yourself, you gotta do the things that you're not exactly comfortable doing. And being a leader is something that helps us get out of our shell and our habits. Being a leader is not easy, people. It's very hard, it's very stressful, and I understand it's not easy. But that doesn't mean we can't hold our leaders to a high standard, and that's exactly what we need to do. My personal opinion, I really think what we did as a country here in the good old USA of A is that we got lazy and we pushed it onto the people that necessarily weren't really qualified, but we didn't want to handle it, so we just passed it on, passed it on. That's not my job, that's his job, that's not my department, go, you need to talk to this person. And it, it happened so much, too often, too long, and... We're stuck with the people that that we get. So, how does being a how does leadership help you be a better version of you? Be a leader. Push yourself to be a leader. Get out of your comfort zone. 
Don't always ride in the back of the classroom. Raise your hand, volunteer. Who cares what people think? Whether they think you're fit for it or they think you're being a brown noser, don't matter. Being a better version of you is a journey of you and no one else. All right. And for the people that are leaders, seeking mentorship to be a better leader is how you're going to be a better leader. Seeking the leaders that are great leaders, seeking the leaders that have many accolades, many successes, and not, you know, exactly in money or asset, but in whatever it is, let's, you know, let's just, let's talk art for a second. For the people that are artists, if there's someone in the art community that is the leader, that is someone that's paved the way, you know, their resume in leadership is going to look different from someone that, you know, is running McDonald's or something like that. You know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is know your field and know what it takes to be a leader in that field. And sometimes you may not have a good leader. That leader, that good leader might just be you. You may have to not conform and break a mold and pave your own path. But what's important here, people, is being a leader. You can't do it on your own, and you need mentorship. So if you're not a leader and you are willing and wanting to step it up and become a leader, seek mentorship. If you already are a leader, seek mentorship. Find someone that's been doing it longer than you and ask them questions. Ask them about their experience because we tend to do things on our own that we end up hitting our head against the wall more than we need to. When someone has already walked our path and has already accomplished what we accomplished or have encountered what we have countered, and their insights, their experience is going to help us get out of the trenches where we're at. That's how leadership is going to help you be a better version of yourself. It's by elevating your standards and being able to pull along other people so that they look at you and be like, hell yeah, I fucking trust that guy. You know what I mean? This guy knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for some time and he knows how to talk to us. He knows what we need to do. This lady over here, she means business. I know when I go to her with the problem, I need to know everything. So that way when I address it and bring it out, she's going to know exactly what I need to do next or how I need to solve it. Now, I have some traits of leaderships. How do you identify a good leader? That's a great question. And here in Joel's mind, we got an answer. How to determine a great leader? First and foremost, a great leader, a good leader has integrity and respect. Shout out to Franklin Quakers for having respect and was it expected and achieve? Whatever. Anyways, integrity and respect. One of my middle school's schools believed in this and respect and integrity. Integrity and respect is one of the things. But there's a lot in integrity and respect. Integrity means that you're an honorable person. You if you give someone their word, your word, it's a value. And we all know nowadays, people say a lot of things, 
But having integrity means, hey, I'm going to be here at 6.30 because that's what the date says. That's what we scheduled for. So I'm going to be here at 6.30. That's integrity. Along with doing things when no one else is watching, doing what you should be doing, doing the good thing that you should be doing when no one is watching. That is integrity. You're an honorable person. All right. Taking your cart back to the cart shop. You know what I mean? Integrity. Respect. Of course, you got to have respect, people. You can't be out here just barking orders, being a dictator and telling people in a disrespectful way what they need to do. That is not a leader. And the only thing that is running that team or group is fear. It's not respect. It's fear. And fear only goes for so long until someone else comes along and shows the light in the darkness. You know what I'm saying? Respect. Communication. Communication is huge. Huge. Communication is huge. Being able to communicate and being able to receive a message and understanding the different communication styles out there. That's huge. Being able to talk to a group, being able to talk to an individual, they're different. They're not the same. But being able to get the message out and being able to light someone up and get them motivated to do what they got to do. Great leader. Good leader. There's some people that just, you know, they fumble the words. I do it. You hear it. I do it all the time. Having communication, being able to break things down in a simplistic way that people understand. Now, I'm going to do my best, but I can sit here and talk to you very professionally and very articulate. You know, I can break down something and it's going to be different from what I would say to my brother or a friend. You know what I'm saying? So, for example, let's go in and talk about turning on a car. First step, you're going to acquire the keys to the vehicle. You're going to walk to the vehicle and you're going to proceed to open the door. And if the door is locked, you're going to unlock the door. And once the door is open, the door is ajar, you're going to go ahead and place yourself in the seat that is in front of you. And once you are sitting in the driver's seat, you're going to go ahead and grab the key and you're going to go ahead and place that into the keyhole, which is the ignition. And then ever so slightly, you're going to turn the key about 30 degrees. So about right. 180 degrees, maybe 40 degrees, whatever. And as the car engine starts to rev and turn on step on the gas if you start to hear it to die out something like that now if i'm talking to my brother talking to a friend i'm going to tell them yo you're going to grab the keys open the door turn on the car and just let it warm up there's a big difference very uh very simple example but what i'm trying to say is people understand messages differently being able to jump back and forth from a very articulate communication style to a very simplistic communication style is very 
it, it's a school skill set. It's important. That's why you need to read books. That's why you need to surround yourself in different conversations. Not, not exactly just people, but what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're listening. If they all have a very linear communication style, your communication style is going to be very linear. It's going to be one style. But if it's very broad and diverse, guess what? You're going to have a broad and diverse vernacular. What's up? Your boy went to college. He knows a couple big words. Let's go, baby. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is communication is is huge. Like Afghanistan, like COVID, there was a bunch of information that was not being, there was just a bunch of information that wasn't necessarily correct, true. But being able to rally up, be like, yo, you know what? We fucked up. We said this, now it's this. You know, we thought it was going to be this, but now it's this. We apologize. This is where we're at. We know we made a mistake. But this is where we're at. We think we found the solution. So this is what we're going to do proceed forward. How do you say that to a country without saying all of what I just said? Without saying I fucked up. To be honest, in my opinion, I think it would help the world if we decided to let people talk how they would behind closed doors. Because I promise you, I don't think a lot of those politicians talk the way they do as they do on TV along with the writers. But anyways, moving on, being empathetic, being empathetic shows that you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and being a leader. Sometimes you stray away from being the foot soldier that you once were, or maybe never have been. So being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes that isn't in your position is also a skill set because it allows you to connect with someone, especially if they're enduring an obstacle or doing something that, you know, it's maybe they're not understanding something, being able to put yourself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from and where they're at will help you understand on how you need to communicate the solution or the motivation, whatever it is, being empathetic. Being an active listener also is included in communication, but I wanted to highlight this because being an active listener, being a leader, you have to make a lot of decisions and you you have to use your brain power a lot, people. You got to use your executive function, which if you don't know, Google it, your executive function, which in your brain, you got to make a lot of decisions. So being an active listener, again, is also a skill set. It's not something that, you know, you can naturally have that, but don't get it twisted, people. If you are not that great of a listener, you can become a better listener than what you are now, just like you could be a better version of yourself and just like you could be a better leader than what you are now. Don't get it twisted and don't cut yourself short. You are capable of doing great things. So being an active listener is part of being, it's part of doing the great things, being able to listen to someone and really truly hearing them and understanding them, which also ties into being empathetic. You know, if you're active listening to someone, if you're listening to hear them out and listen, there's a big difference to listening to respond. I feel like that's what we're doing. That's what's being trained and that's what's being shown on TV with all these leaders. They're listening to respond. They're not listening to really hear what the questions are. And, you know, I'll let you all think about our previous leaders and the leaders that you've experienced that 
gave a bullshit answer instead of answering the question because they weren't really active listening. Who knows? Maybe they were, and they were just choosing not to, you know, respond anyways. But being an active listener. And the ability to coach is huge. The ability to coach makes all the difference. If you are a leader, you are in charge of something. But most most importantly, you're in charge of people. Don't matter what position you're in, whether you're an IT person, whether you're fucking collecting rocks, you're in charge of people. That's what leaders do. That's what leaders are there for. Your ability to coach goes so much more in depth than just being the ability to coach. If you're able to coach, you're able to listen. You're able to identify how to coach and get this person to understand. You're able to teach. And if you're able to teach, you're a value. If you're a leader and not able to coach, work on that. Because it's going to help you in your job and your position as a leader to delegate those tasks. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get frustrated and you're going to say, I'm just going to do it myself. But look, great leader. If you're doing everyone else's job, then that means you're not doing your job. So how can you do your job if you're doing everyone else's job? So what you need to do is you got to learn how to coach. If you're able to coach, you're going to be able to support your people. You're going to be able to teach them what they need to learn in order to do what they need to do, which also goes back to being empathetic, also having integrity and respect and being able to kindly and politely teach them, but also get it done, which leads to my next trait of identifying a good leader, someone that's able to produce results. That is what a leader is. And that is why they are important. They are able to execute. A leader is someone that produces results and executes. If you are a leader or in a leadership position and you're not able to produce results or execute, that position is going to be in jeopardy, plain and simple. We don't choose leaders. Well, I, you know, in my mind, we shouldn't choose leaders just to choose leaders. A leader is someone that's able to do what it is they need to accomplish. Okay. Whether they have a shit ton of knowledge behind it or a shit ton of experience, but the combination of the both is going to make that leader great and that much more valuable to that team in that position. But either way, the ability to produce results and execute is another great trait of a leader, good leader. But most importantly, now this kind of ties it all in together, is to being an example. Being an example as a leader, it's not an easy task and not most leaders, I would say, especially in our political world, are not examples. They're not good examples. They're not someone that are like, you know what, I want to be like this person, if I was in this situation. Now let's 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 dial it down. Let's let's dial it back. Let's make it more pliable for people that are listening. Now, people that are in their jobs, who do you think about when you're like, damn, I need to do it like this person? I need to do it like that person. Being an example as a leader teaches those around you how to be a leader. Cause at some point in your time, if you decide to move forward or you know, you decide to up to bring another leader and you are a good leader, the people underneath you are going to look at you as an example. And they're going to be able to lean on you and think back to when, hey, 
you know, this person was doing this when they were leading me. This is how I'm going to take it when I'm leading other people. This is what I'm going to do. Being an example is not being this person on the pedestal and being the poster child. That's not what I'm saying. Authentically being the example is, is knowing that people are watching you. Everyone is watching you. Even the leaders that are not leaders or even the people that are not leaders, they're being watched as well. But the leaders do have pressure because they're expected to lead. They're expected to produce results. They're expected to do what it is they need to do. So being an example and setting the example is most important because it takes all of those traits and it lumps them into being you. So if you're a leader out there or if you want to be a leader, jot that down. Integrity, respect, communication, being empathetic, being an active listener, being able to coach, being able to produce results, and being the example. All right? That's all I got for you today. Thank you for tuning in for Joel's Mind Podcast. I appreciate you. If you like this episode, give me a thumbs up, rate it, give me a five star if you loved it, give me a one star if you thought it was meh. Um, and again, I don't have to hate you. I don't have to love you if I agree or disagree with you. And I hope this is something that you know people are able to implement. But you know, in the climate that we live, being a part of something means more than looking for the truth. So with that being said, stay tuned for next time. Joe's my podcast. Have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Happy birthday. I love you. Continue to be a better version of yourself and love thy neighbor. Peace.